Hello and welcome to Down to Earth Convos, episode 10. Bella returns to discuss resourcefulness in the family with Ali and I. We cover teaching kids financial literacy, along with changing life habits for the better. Hey there, Brad. How are you going over there in Perth, Western Australia? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, Ali. How are you over on the Sunshine Coast? We're, we're going great too, aren't we, Bella? We're great. It's our pleasure and our privilege to welcome back Bella to talk about the, the other R's, the R's that they failed to teach in school. And today, Bella's going to share with us, uh, we're going to be focusing and honing right in on the R, resourcefulness. Is that correct, Bella? That's it. And would you like to remind our listeners about a little bit about Bella? So for Absolutely. those who haven't met Bella before. Yeah, so Bella, wife and mum of two teenagers, very passionate and interested proponent of real world education, homeschooled her kids. Now those kids are back at school for their final years. Um, and yeah, really getting into the the other R's. You know, we've heard reading, writing and arithmetic doesn't even start with R. But there are other R's and other words that, you know, really drive more of a holistic and a more healthy way of looking and being in the world. So Bella, you're here to talk about resourcefulness today. I am. We're focusing on resourcefulness, which is a part of 10 other R's. So resourcefulness, we're focusing on, or rather I focus on the teaching or the guiding of adults to the children on how to be able to create their own opportunities and to create their life of meaning. So through entrepreneurship, through learning the things that they're interested in and passionate about, through trying things out in real time and having regular feedback loops so that it's not about grading and assessing at the end of a term, for example. It's rather, what project am I working on right now? Where do I want to go with it? And then having regular feedback loops every single week. What's working? What's not working? What's my next step? So that each time they're growing in their skill and in their interest and in their development of that thing that they want to to learn or produce. But in anything that they do under the banner of resourcefulness, the question that's really being asked is, what is a transferable skill that I'm learning right here, right now? So what I'm learning here is going to always have an impact on what I do in the future. It's always got a valuable part in what I do or don't do in the future. So there's the value in resourcefulness in that way as well. And then in that is the financial literacy. Okay, and I was going to ask, thank you, that was a really great intro, lead into what we're going to be talking about today. That Does that all tie into a shared goal or it's like in, we're talking about families at the moment and Bella, we worked a little bit together and I remember you had a family vision board where you set yeah. the family goal and that linked to the financial literacy and the resourcefulness. Does right. that all make sense? Absolutely. It all ties together. So it is for the individual, but it's also for the family. So in what we're talking about today, we're talking about the family and the, and the shared resourcefulness and, and having a vision. So yes, we've had the vision board, but a vision board alone is not enough, right? We've, no. we've identified that. It's, it's not about just putting pretty pictures on a board and then and saying, oh, the universe will provide. Action is required. 
And so what does the action look like for each individual in that family? And, you know, it doesn't matter the age. You can have a preppy who's participating. You can have any age group, the 16-year-old that I've got who's about to turn 17 and now 14-year-old. So we have a shared vision based on our family mantra of good for me, good for you, good for the planet, keeping the balance, which is what you talk about, Ali, keeping the balance. And our, our shared vision is to move into a nice plot of land, right, in the, in the Sunshine Coast hinterland, which seems to be everyone's vision post-COVID at the moment. But we, we've loved living by the beach, but we also love the idea of having a little bit of room to grow our own, our own food. My son, my 17-year-old, loves the the motorbiking and, and a bit of the action stuff. My daughter loves a bit of a holistic lifestyle of growing things like, like I do. And uh, so we, we all have our place in that and our individual needs and wants within that picture. My husband also loves the simple life as well, so connecting with nature. So we have a shared vision of buying some land, nothing too big. So then we have to decide, well, how much is that going to cost us and how are we going to get there? What's our lifestyle like now? And what are we continuing to support now in our life so that you don't have this idea that now we give up everything and we stop living in the present to achieve that goal because then you're not living. So you still have to be in the present and enjoy where you are right now to get to where you want to go. But, that, but it also includes some sacrifice and some clarity on what your actions are going to be to get there. And I think, Ali, that's, Ali, you've been our guide on that uh, through the years in the financial way of how do we structure our life so that we're supporting how we live now and also building our wealth, our nest egg, and achieving our financial goals. Which is a family home on some acreage. And we started right. with the goal in mind and then broke it down into to achievable steps. Otherwise, yeah. the goal is just so far out of reach. So, yeah, thank you very much. And it was just a pleasure working with you and the whole family. And this is why I know where how far you've come. And when Bella shared recently with how well her family are doing in all areas of your life and you're still working on the finance side of things, it's a work in progress. It's always mm, a work in progress. It is. And that's what the um, that's life journey and the wonderful part of life is still continuing. But if you don't know what that goal is in the first place, how do you know whether you're off track or on par? So what I'd love to share you to share with our listeners today, Bella, is those inspirational stories that you shared with me in a conversation and a coaching call or what have you about how when you and dad might have pulled the family away from the, the end goal, which is the deposit and the family home, mm. these kids took charge and brought you back into life. Right. It's like they were leading the way. Can you share with us a, bit, a few of the stories? Sure. Well, one thing that I have to say is being a parent, have we all discovered and learned that our, our kids are here to teach us something, right? It's, it's those humble moments where you go, oh, hang on, we know nothing. They know a lot. They're very, very wise. So Michael and I have what we call ourselves, we're young souls. You know how some people are born wise souls or we feel like we're young souls and we're both the same personality of head in the clouds and we dream big. Yeah. And sometimes when you dream big, your feet are not 
uh, planted firmly on the ground. So you need a little bit of that pragmatic, grounded personality in that in that equation. And Michael and I both <laughs> head in the clouds. So we we've been carried away through the years with the big the big ideas, and we've spent enough money on on all the things we love to do all the big grand things we love to do now we've had never never had a problem earning good money ever right but we all know and and have read and learnt enough about people it's not what you earn it's how you manage it right that counts exactly harsh lessons from many of us right and so we're human and I know that there are a lot of people out there just like us who have our rock bottom moments. And we've had our rock bottom moments where we've just spent frivolously. And year after year, if you're not mindful about how, how you're spending your money, you, end up, you can end up with nothing, right? So it's got nothing to do with how much you're earning and what your earning capacity is. So Michael and I are in our 50s. We've hit 50. Congratulations. Ancient. 50s and new 20. Right. It's the best years of our lives. Can I just add (laughs) something, please, to what Bella said? That the wealth is actually transformed into different areas of your life. When you actually earn the money, it's actually not lost. It's transformed and you spend your money wisely on the things that are highest on your values at that time, which could be education and, you know, cricket or whatever it is for the kids. So it's like a transformation, but then you've realigned yourself to to the goal in front of you Balance though. And it's Ellie. about balance, always yeah, about balance. Right. So I think that we became unbalanced through our journey where, yes, we valued cricket. Our son is a, a rep cricketer now. So he's played cricket since he was five. It's a lot of money in that. Yeah, absolutely. You spend an awful lot of money, right? So if you were to calculate over those years how much we've spent, it's a lot of money. Which is an um, investment in your children and their education and their sport. Absolutely. All those transferable skills that he has gained through that process, it, it, you can't put a dollar on that. So it's been well worth it, but being conscious about the balance of where every dollar is going without being obsessed as well, but still being mindful. So our journey has been, uh, Michael turned 50 last year, I'm turning 50 this year. And with a lot of people that we know, it really tends to spark off some kind of um, crisis in your mind and that's a cultural thing and a societal thing that we've had had driven into us through our years that suddenly where am I in my life at 50 what have I achieved putting labels on everything too and so Michael and I often reflect on stuff together which is it is great we really enjoy that process and he really did he went through a little bit of a, a cloudy period where he was really questioning whether he had achieved the right things and he absolutely had it was just his mindset in that moment where he felt that he hadn't but which area of your life have you felt that you haven't succeeded? So he, in his mind, it was like, oh, we don't have our land yet and we don't have that dream house. We want a shipping container style house. It's actually not that complex and it's quite simple. But but we've done everything else. We've travelled overseas. We've bought our houses. We've sold our houses. We've done all this other stuff, but still it's that label you put on yourself. It still was a moment where we together were in a low point. We were in a very, very low point. 
I, I was there with him and I felt very low. And what transformed from that and with your guidance, actually, Ali, was our children watched and they learned and they stepped up. It's actually in on reflection now that we can sit here and thank the process because it actually taught our children what not to do and what to do instead and also that it empowered them to step up and be our guide. And we allowed that process too. I mean, as parents, you, you actually have to step back and actually give your children um, a space where their, their opinion is valued and their thoughts are valued and their, and their actions are valued just as much. That's beautiful. So our kids started questioning how we were spending our money. And Incredible. they have learnt all of the money skills that we were never taught as youngsters. So Michael and I, again, going going back to we've identified ourselves as, as young, young souls, souls. <laughs> is that we weren't actually specifically, systematically taught money habits. Good money habits. Even though our parents have very good money habits, but they did not extrinsically teach us. So when we talk about extrinsic learning and intrinsic learning, there is a place for that structured outward learning. There absolutely is. So it's about defining what's what's um, important to teach in that way and what, what where you have to leave it. So, and it's not a blame game either because we're parents, our kids one day will come back to us and say, hey, you're stuffed up there. And you did well there. We only can do the what, best we, can. what we know at the time, right? So yeah. it's not a judgment on our parents by any means, but it is an acknowledgement and an awareness that we were not taught how to manage our money, how to grow our money, how, yeah. how to live day by day while still having balance that our kids now can do it right. So here's an example. But to finish that sentence, they weren't taught this where? Like they weren't we taught weren't this taught at school. school. And can I just add this little story that a few of our listeners might have heard because it's it's probably my epiphany moment because my mum was a primary school teacher, which is very aligned with what your 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 profession, you know, from those that early year of childhood. My mum and her fellow teachers, her colleagues, tried year after year to bring financial literacy into the school because my mum was financially savvy and she wanted to teach the kids about money, managing it and how important, how it's a life necessity. So getting back to this, I just thought I'd just put that in there and that's why one of the big part of the reason why we're, we're doing the podcast and, and this conversation is, is and leading you today. Know, this is a very old conversation, isn't it? I, yeah. I was talking about this with my, my teaching colleagues 20 years ago and we wow. still do not have everyday money literacy lessons that are a part of the everyday of mathematics in school and we don't they don't relate it to the real world it's not learning. relatable it's not it's, relatable the kids are always saying why are, we, why are we learning this what what why do we have to learn this it's so boring and they're never given Practical I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say never i mean i think there is an awakening happening in the education system but it is still not a core component of the curriculum and that is the problem so let's put that aside i'll go back to how my children now are living their life and huh, saving more money than we are. So 
in all that we do, our kids are now asking the questions. If Michael and I, or mainly me, actually on a Friday night, I get to the end of the week and I'm like, oh, goody, let's get takeaway. So, and sometimes we do still get takeaway but what kind of takeaway is it going to be is it going to be crazy you spend 60 bucks or do we go down to Coles and we've discovered these really yummy pizzas that are three dollars each pizza by the time you've bought three pizzas you've spent nine dollars right excellent so it's it's about you can still live with balance you can still have that enjoyable moment where you're not having to cook and you can just chill out and it's the fun of having some takeaway it's that that relaxed party feeling at the end of the week uh, but you're not spending 60 to $80 easily in, in the, the Thai takeaway that we used to do. And when you calculate each time how much you're saving, and that's what my kids are doing, they're going, oh, yeah, we've just saved X amount of money. And let's put that amount in a jar. So they can oh, visually yeah. see it. So we used to spend $60 on Thai. We've just spent nine or $10. We're 50. So we're putting 50 in a jar. And we're actually we're actually in real time seeing the money build up in the jar. Mm. It's important. So they're doing that all the time, but my kids are a little bit entrepreneurial as well. And you know, sometimes what you teach them bites you in the bum because sometimes mm. I'll say and that and they do this too. My 16-year-old is always um, saying, oh, I feel like some ice cream. So we used to go down to the gelati shop, which is good quality ice cream. It's beautiful, but it's also $5.50 for one scoop. So instead he says, all right, let's just go down, down to Coles and we'll buy. And he's discovered the good ice cream, beautiful ice cream. It's not just Paul's. It's this beautiful uh, ice cream that feels lush and it's for the whole tub that we can separate between the four of us is $9. So, again, we've saved $40 money, right? And you've had ice cream. But now sometimes I'll say, all right, we're down at Coolum. I feel like an ice cream today. I'm in a happy mood. We've saved all this money all week. I'm going to get my $5.50 scoop. Do you want one, Ned? I'll shout you. And he says, I know but can you give me the $5.50 that you were going to spend on my ice cream? Okay, that's great. So he's quite entrepreneurial and we have this banter going on all of the time where I go, nah, nah, you're not having my money. You can clean the toilet for that $5.50. And we have this constant banter about what I value, what he values and what I, and, and it's great fun. It's bringing the fun back into this whole concept of financial literacy and saving towards a goal and how far you're going to go and what little games you can play to reach your goal. So it's gamifying it as well. Absolutely. is That is fantastic. And that just, just about the value there is when your children work or they feel they've earned it, they will value it and it won't leave them. So I can really pick up on that quality, that financial yeah, yeah, foundation there, which is going to hold him in good stead. And it's great what you're doing with the kids because sometimes the parents are just too willingly to give their kids the money and therefore they don't value it. They haven't earned it. So therefore it's very much, it's a lot easier to spend. Look, I have to say we've made that mistake in in, in our 
the earlier years of their lives where I had this idea that I had to give them the choice, too much choice. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've narrowed the choices again now um, and, you know, giving them the best of everything. And that it makes them entitled. It doesn't set them up for the future. So we've had to take a few steps back and do some prosperity reduction. Love that word prosperity. I know, I just love that phrase. I know Brad's got to say something in a moment, but I just wanted to add this, just talking about the kids and the the income uh, income that they earn in a family home, which would be due to because of their doing chores, helping out in some way. What I did with my kids, which is cre- which is really igniting that inspirate the inspiration as an entrepreneurial yeah rather than just say giving them an allowance that a lot of parents do Mm. we negotiated which was that play and fun gamifying Mm. it like you say Bella so it was like how so it's teaching them to choose the jobs that they enjoy because they'll be good at the jobs that they enjoy and they'll want to do the work as well they will actually and They'll, they'll be more willing to do the work around the house. So why not feed them the jobs that they're good at and that they enjoy? That empowers them and grows their self-worth. And then the second step is the negotiation of how much this chore is actually going to be. How mm. So we have to ask, okay, so how long is it going to take you? Yeah. Or how long did it take you? And then we quantify it by by transforming right. that into, which is what business is. That's what the business world's all about. So that's what we've done. So in the beginning... If I can inject a quick story that uh, in the nursery environment, when our kids started from a very young age and it wasn't child labour, they were working alongside their siblings and and with their mum and dad in the family business. They started off on a piece rate. So if they were potting plants, they were on a per tray basis, not which encourages them and teaches them that the more productive you are, the more efficient you are, the more money you make. And that is the reward mm. for doing the work. So Absolutely. I just thought I'd share that with parents because they have come to us with knowledge. Yeah. As Bella's saying, we're learning from them. Right. So they're here to teach us lessons as well. And my golly, I'll be the first person that I call out to one of my three kids is when I have a computer issue. I'd be like yeah. calling from the other side of the house. Yeah. Anything, they're so tech savvy. So just a reminder all, to all parents that are listening, what jobs are your kids good at? What do they thrive in? What do they enjoy? Like cooking and all those amazing skills and life's a, a platform to learn. So it's, it's really Do you know cool. one of the biggest objections I hear in this conversation from people is, oh, but they've got to learn to do things that I don't like, right? So there's, there's that common objection in terms of even in school, oh, they just have they they just need to just suck it up and do the subjects that they're given because that's life. You've got to just learn to do the things that you don't enjoy. And my answer to that is it's always within the realm of what you enjoy that you will cont- you will also do bits of that that you, you you don't find fun. And that's it's only under that umbrella that you should adopt that principle. So to say, suck it up, do all of these subjects, work your butt off, doing any all those things that aren't relevant to you because that's life is like saying, go beat your head against that brick wall until it bleeds and suck it up. Because and then what? Yeah, what's your... Sorry, I was going yeah. to say, it's because they're unhappy with their quality of life, what they're doing, their work, their various elements of their life that they just see it as an inevitable you know life's dreary I think there's a lot of that element as opposed to 
oh, actually I'm in charge. I'm responsible for my happiness and enjoying what I do. There are things that I don't want to do here and there, but they're a part of, like you're saying, a bigger piece of things that are important. Yeah, I think it is a really fundamentally a misunderstanding of the concept, actually. I, I, I ask parents questions around that a lot. And what I find is that they really are confused about what the difference is between following your passion and your interest. They attach, oh, but life isn't always fun. You know, it shouldn't always be fun. It can't always be fun. And I say, yeah, those are two different concepts altogether. So you're marrying the two, but they don't belong together. So what we're saying is if you follow something that interests you, under that umbrella comes the hard work, the commitment, the grit, the perseverance, the problem solving, the dreary moments, the bits that you don't like doing under that umbrella but you will work through the bits that you don't like doing that you do not find fun under that umbrella of what interests you because it is relevant to you because it's interesting to you because it's of value to you because it means something to you and it's going to get you to something that you want for yourself so it's only under that umbrella that that becomes relevant if it's not relevant to you and you're not finding it interesting and it's not within your realm of passion and it you don't see where it fits in the biggest scheme of your life, it is very unhealthy. And that's when burnout occurs. That's what I call the drowning syndrome. You cannot say to a child, suck it up when their head is under the water and they're drowning. You need to reach you have out. To pluck them out of the water, stop what's going on, get them out of that topic or that subject that they absolutely hate and is killing their love of learning or killing their passion for just doing anything and you have to reconnect them just to something that they enjoy and that they are interested in this is for adults as well oh absolutely kids. yeah and it's within that umbrella that they will commit to the hard work the non-fun bits and if we can relate that into the workplace and if we're talking about teenagers which are a lot of our our audience are raising teens at the moment and we've had previous podcasts, which was great with uh, Doc last week or a couple of weeks back, where we talked about the kids stepping outside their comfort zone. So we want to remind kids that life's always about balance. So when Bella's touching right. on this subject, if they were in the workplace, for example, and aligned with something that they're interested in or passionate about or even purpose, have meaning and purpose around, say, for example, yeah. the environment, the planet. So that may not be a passion, but they might be purposefully driven into that say you know I keep getting back to e-plants because it's what I know and love so just keeping this in mind that if it's a law of a universal law of balance and I love the Chinese proverb choose a job that you love and you never work a day in your life but it's not said that we don't do we we might be doing a job that we love and enjoy and it's lined to passion and purpose but there's those jobs in the workforce that we don't enjoy Right. That we don't love, that we might have to do. And it's part of it's always linking it back to your passion, your purpose, your interest. You do it. So you do it. So we really need to be mindful and share that message with our young millennials that are labeled, entitled, and possibly precious. There is, it's unrealistic and probably delusional to know that you think that there's a job out there in the workforce for you that you're going to 100% love because that's 
not a balance. It's not the balance. It's not balance. No. So we must bring it back. So it's a great point. Yeah. Excellent. And Thanks I for bringing that up. I think coming back to your question about the experience with my family yeah. now is that we've been through the dark days of, the, of Michael and I feeling quite low and our kids stepping up and actually being the guide and the, the inspiration to do things differently, more efficiently. And that has actually filtered into all the other areas of our lives. So when you talk about balance, I, I just love that you focus on that, Ali, because what has incidentally happened in that process, the first focus was the finances, but then it naturally spilled over to health and well-being. So my son is sharing his story now. So I can I can share it. He was 108 kilos. He had a health issue in his early years, a very serious one, which uh, damaged his gut health. And he put on a lot of weight and it didn't matter what he did. Uh, I've always been holistic uh, foodie. So our, our diet wasn't actually what what uh, caused his his obesity. But anyway, he's been on this journey right through to when he, he turned 15 last year and then COVID hit. And something really changed in his mindset. And it started with this journey of our, of, of our finances and, and re, living in a different way financially uh, with a better structure. And he just made a decision to lose this weight. And so we went into lockdown. And he did all of the research himself he, he, because he was passion-driven, because it was an interest. He, he made a decision for himself. This is what I'm going to do. He, he did all the research online who, and found two people that he was going to follow, so two influences on how to lose weight, how to shred, and what exercises to do. And during lockdown, he went from 108 kilos to 78 kilos and he's completely shredded his body to a point where now he's being asked to model. Oh, and he's a beautiful looking boy too. Not, not, not that that was his goal. His goal wasn't, I'm going to be a model. He just wanted to shred and just feel fit and healthy. Um, so all of these other opportunities have now opened up to him. So we go into clothing stores. And he's been told by the people like in YD uh, that he has the exact measurements to do modelling for them and to contact them. That's and he's very handsome, I must say. He's well, a beautiful, he, handsome young he man. He is, but what's happened for him is now he's so confident, not, not because he looks the way he looks, although that is part of it. Let's face it, we all like to, to look good. Um, but it's not his main motivation. He he has discovered what he's capable of, and that's that is his the biggest confidence boost for him is that he put his mind to something. He has had an early childhood where he's had a lot of challenges, but he's also had an early childhood where he's been able to explore ways to take control of his life through homeschooling. Now he's putting that into practice. That's excellent. So financially, he has set himself up and he's only, he's about to turn 17. I can tell you, he is on a mission teaching me stuff, right? He is educating himself constantly and every day he's coming to me with something new. But he's also, I can show you his bank account. It, it is happening, right? Mm -hmm. 
So now he has other kids coming to him asking him to show them how, right? But the spill on the spill effect, yes. I guess, the spillover of what happened for Michael and I when we hit that murky phase of turning 50 and really questioning whether we were successful or not to our kids and our daughter too is always mindful of how she spends her money and where she puts it so it's not scarcity mentality it's actually quite the opposite it's actually being really empowered and joyful about where their little pennies are going and growing them um to now my both my kids work out together and they're dragging their dad with them and now their dad's lost 12 13 kilos is that inspirational or is that inspirational they work out together Absolutely. now i'm i joke that i'm the fatty boomer of the family <laughs> brad like seriously the story that that was in the middle of saying and you're going to give us the rest of it as well this reminding everyone that this was a year where a lot of people struggled and, yeah. and, and found it very tough and this is why i wanted to invite Bella on today's show was to share this inspiring story. So tell us what time Ned gets his dad up in the mornings and what do they do and what is he? He comes to dad at night and he says, dad, tomorrow morning I'll put the alarm on. They've been getting up at 4.20. It's crazy time. Now they've adjusted that, but they went through a phase where it was 4.20 because they've both the boys are very specific with time. That, that Michael terms that as we're outside keepers where he they joke that I'm an in-time in keeper, which is hopeless. Like I'm always going by my own clock and then I lose track of time, whereas they... You can't be good at everything. Down. Right. They're teaching me those. So they've worked out, okay, if we get up at 4.20 and we're out the door by 4.30 and then we're down at the gym and we do exactly 25 minutes and they know exactly what they're doing at the gym then they're going to the ocean and then they're in the ocean because michael's trained he's now qualified surf lifesaver he's there doing shift now as we speak but now the kids are going to do it in june and there's all of these learnings and these lessons and you have to be but and who's the trainer remind everyone who's the trainer ned is the trainer ned is the trainer training his dad so he's the one going, right, tomorrow we're doing this and, and sometimes Michael resists. So it's kind of like it's like parent-child, who's the parent and who's the child. The roles are reversed. But it's great because it's a reciprocal respect. One of the R's. One of the R's that each of those, those boys have something to give and something to receive. So I love the give-receive cycle. It just keeps going round and round and round. Give, receive, give, receive, give, receive. And each time, each of them is learning something and bringing something to the table. And, you know, they have the usual tips. They fight. They Then they talk it out and then they come back to forgiveness and then they're best buddies again. And it's this beautiful, rich, murky relationship. That they and it's need. real. That's real, isn't it? It is real. And Michael now comes back and says he's just on top of the world, but for all of those reasons, for all of the balance reasons. So financially, we're seeing gains. Health and fitness. Health and fitness, we're seeing gains. Relationships, connection, seeing gains. The balance of rest, seeing gains. Social. Social, seeing gains. And also I just want to add this little bit too. 
how many days now have you and Michael been alcohol free? Just with that oh. was one way that balanced up that helped yeah. you with your finances and right. health and wellness. Right. Um, I've lost track oh, of the days, just, but ages ago I told you it was 130. It was days, 130 was about like, that was weeks ago. 15 weeks, 15 days ago. Or yeah, so. yeah. So we're alcohol free. Michael and I just made a decision. That's it. We're not drinking alcohol anymore. It doesn't serve us. It costs us money, but not. It's not only the money. It is how it makes us feel. Yeah. And we're definitely, definitely better without it. Well, that was a nice message. I just wanted to plug in there yeah. because I'm a big fan of that. that. For five and a half years, I toasted my, I read the book Think and Grow Rich on the 1st of yeah. January, way back. Uh, I think I was about 48 at the time or something like that, 47. And I toasted my last drink. It said, when you get the message of this book, toast it. And I went, yep, I toasted it. And I said, I'm done. Five and a half years, no alcohol. Yeah. And then life happens you know fell off the wagon but I'm pleased to say I'm back on it and that's two just huge things for anyone out there and when we go into lockdown the last thing the last thing anyone wants needs is alcohol and as they shut down all the other businesses I wish they'd shut down the bottle shops as well because I don't think alcohol helps a lot when you're in not in a good place so I just wanted to throw that in if you want to save money and think of your health and wellness and mental focus and concentration free ticks every box I I we never could have imagined the power of making that decision because we are not only feeling better physically financially we're not wasting money but we're role models for our kids again. Absolutely. So Ned, Ned is turning 17. At the age of 16, they are allowed to have a drink with their, the adults around them. And he hasn't. He hasn't. He's asking now as he turns 17, can I can I try a beer or whatever? Sure. You know, like it's going to happen. But they're not seeing their parents go crazy and rely on it as a, as a as that crutch for relaxation, which is what we were doing. We were in that habit of, oh, it's the end of the day, can't wait to have a wine. Yeah. It's very it's 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 a little bit more dangerous than we we give it credit for. That oh, it's whole huge. that whole attitude. We'll do another whole podcast right. on the damages or the effects of alcohol, so, especially with our youth. It's a it's a epidemic. Yeah. yeah. And uh and also that they're seeing when we have a very, very close knit community of families. We've got our village that we always wanted and that was one of my deepest values was it's a village that brings up the child. And I have to say I'm so grateful. I have a village of families. There's about five or six families. A lot of them are South Africans. So South Africans are like the Italians. I'm Italian where there's there's it's so joyous there's a barbecue at the beach and they like to drink they're oh. not they're not out of control but they do like to drink but here's another beautiful example of what we can show our kids michael and i turn up now with all the families all the wines out the beers out and you know that the, our beautiful friends who say michael have a beer i've got a beer for you and my son's watching and my daughter is watching and what does he say? Michael goes, oh, I've got my drink, thanks. Nice. It's not no I'm not drinking without. anymore. Um, I'm alcohol free. It's, oh, yeah, I've got my drink, thanks. And exactly. he's got his kombucha and his mineral water and we come prepared. We've got our esky 
full yeah. of what we drink. And throw in the coconut water there and just, yeah. I've just, uh, Brad, we're going to give Brad a go in a minute, aren't we? But let me just say this one thing, if I could. I remember one of my daughter Georgie's friends and she said that that's what she did. She Because people, your friends, your peers want to encourage you to drink, yeah. Yeah. she just held her non-alcoholic drink in her hand. So that was like it was, you didn't even get asked in the first place. Yeah. It really is a mindset, and I just, oh, that, what a great message. I'm, I'm loving it. Come on, let's let, Brad, what do you reckon so far? Are you loving it? The compost? Absolutely. Up, I think right? that's a great tactic, just thinking about a way to stop a problem before it even comes up. You don't need to talk about uh, what you're doing because then you get, it can get into a bullshit discussion that doesn't serve anyone. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a wonderful strategy on that. In terms of key takeaway there's so much to unpack there but I think one thing that comes up for me is talking about turning 50 this year I'm turning 30 this year and you know I've hit a lot of goals but I also don't have the property and that's probably the biggest one for me and so it's easy to sit around and think oh I've I've not hit the biggest goal but look at all the things that I have hit that I have achieved Uh, it's about Ali balance it's about being balanced and uh, looking at it from that perspective and realizing that I may not have the property yet, but I've hit a lot of other things. So that's my key takeaway. Yeah. Ali, what about you? Well, that's really great, Brad. And just going through that family wheel of life, I call it the family wheel of life, but the wheel of life to keep it general, you mark out those areas, you know, family, financial, social, mental, you know, wellness and intellect and physical health and well-being and vocation, which is your business and, you know, whether it's school, you're talking kids, profession and career, and spiritually as well. So if you're wanting, you have your goal, your vision is to buy, purchase that property, is maybe you need to put some more time, energy, focus on that particular area of your life so you can bring that back into balance. Because where you're focusing your time, which could be on business, for example, if you're building up your business or putting your energy and time and money into business, that is linked to your finances. Do you know what I mean? So just remind yourself, pat yourself on the back and mark and take that time to mark off your achievements, which we've spoken about many times before. Sometimes people, they beat themselves up because they've got the goal and they're not feeling like they're reaching the goal or going into the direction of their goal at the speed that they want to, but take that time out to reflect one of the R's, Mm. the other R's, to reflect and look at how well you're doing in other areas, yeah, which we've discussed. So my uh, takeaway, which was the kids, what I loved about the stories that you shared, Bella, it, it was just beautiful. And thank you for sharing those in, inspiring stories. And they, you know, that's not always easy to say that, you know, your family's come out of tough times or what have you. And uh, that young Ned was overweight and had challenges as a child growing up and what have you. Well, I just, I, I was just so inspired about how well your family are doing in mm. all areas of your life. It's still a work in progress. Always. Keep up the good work. And what my takeaway is for those listeners is look how it just starts with a step and yeah. it can be a simple step as asking questions, quality questions. Yeah. Kids, how can we save some more money? We're not going without. We're not going to the restaurant. We're not even going to the restaurant for takeaways. We're going to the supermarket for takeaways. And just relabeling it, that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. And the savings that uh, the savings and the lessons that developed from there on. Thank you, Bella. It was beautiful. You're very welcome. Thank you.
And Bella, where can our listeners learn more about you? Well, currently I am actually building a platform, but that's still a work in progress. So currently I do have a Facebook page called Barefoot and Connected uh, where I just share my thoughts and my findings and my teachings uh, and any any of the, the wise educational uh, leaders, I guess, uh, that I've always glean information from and learnings from. So it's called Barefoot and Connected uh, AND. So Barefoot AND Connected in Facebook. So I'll see you there. Excellent. And I'll put that in the description. Thanks everyone for watching. Bye for now. Be sure to like, follow and share. And we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. See you. Bye. See you guys.